You're listening to Every Last Drop Podcast. Join me, Danny, Nick, and sometimes Luke as we explore the relationship between philosophy and art. If you enjoyed today's show and want to contribute to what we're doing, visit everylastdroppodcast.com slash contribute. We greatly appreciate your support. Enjoy the show. Happy cat in general. Yeah, she is. Not all cats are like this. She's shed. Mm-hmm. She's been shedding like that, big time. What's up? What do you think about cats, dude? I love cats. It's my Why? favorite. They're my favorite animal. Your favorite? Yeah. Yeah. Now I, I'm fine with cats. I like them reasonably enough but why are they your favorite i just i've always loved them they're just they're very cuddly and they're just you can just go to bed grab your cat and just snuggle under the covers you know with it on a rainy night and i just i love them they're like living stuffed animals you know yeah i've never really had mean cats so i mean i suppose if maybe i had a mean cat at some point in my life i would maybe have a different i think the majority of cats are well i've never owned a cat Mm-hmm. So, the majority of cats that I've encountered have been skittish and standoffish because they don't know me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but your cats have been kind of well, not Sharky, but ever since Sharky died and you got Tipper and the current mm-hmm. cats that you have, they've been more uh, open towards me, I guess, because I'm over here so much. And yeah, I think they know me pretty well. Uncle but, Danny, exactly. Yeah, but Tipper is the best cat. Yeah, for those of you who uh, can't see, which is all of you right now, mm-hmm. uh, we got my. Link's Point Siamese sitting in between us right here. She's kind of like our guest on the show. She's not going to say much. Yeah. But she's there. Doesn't have a lot to say. And she's listening. Right. Yeah. You know, some people hate cats, though. I can't imagine hating cats. Yeah. Well, some people do. Okay. Enough about cats. And as we're, as we're petting one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be probably doing this compulsively just entire time it's hard not to yeah she's a nice cat yeah but yeah if you're a if you're a cat person or maybe an anti-cat person you know give us a ring or send us an email (laughs) (laughs) about either your cat love or your cat vitriol or if you've ever been attacked by a cat a house cat and you're deathly afraid of cats that's a possibility let's talk about that yeah that doesn't sound very nice but (laughs) anyways how are you Hey man, I'm pretty good. Good. How about you, listeners? How are you? I'll take this. You're quiet, good, quiet maybe? tonight. Quiet. <laughs> that, that means they're amused. That's... Yes. So thanks for coming back to the show. Uh, we've, uh, you know, I do want to say that I think the, not the last episode, but the one before that, the one we did with uh, Christopher Franzen from Lights in Motion, mm. the uh, the Swedish composer. Mm-hmm. Um. That is now our most played episode. Last time I checked it, it had roughly 124 plays. Um, and to you, that may not sound like a lot, but you know, keep in mind, we're, we're a pretty small show and we're just getting started and I don't mind being like transparent with you about the numbers. Uh, I, don't, uh, I, I certainly don't pretend to be under any 
pretense that somehow we're doing better than we are. Like, I, like I don't want to project to you guys that we're huge and. I mean, we we are a big deal, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're huge. we're a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah, we're 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 a big deal. I mean, that's that's not what I say. It's that's just what people say. People have said that about us, right? <laughs> I can't remember who they were and if it was a dream or not, but somebody said it. Yeah. Yes. So, well, no, actually, it's not a secret because <laughs> our SoundCloud page has all the data, how many followers and play count and such but you know we are just getting started and you know you have to start somewhere Mm -hmm. and the fact that even uh uh 124 people um well actually there's there's some people that have played it multiple but even let's just say conservatively speaking 100 the fact that 100 people listen to something that that we did is uh something i do appreciate and i'm grateful for and i and i i hope you guys enjoyed that conversation it was it was really really good. Uh, I got a lot out of it personally. Uh, Nick, yeah, I think you did too. Right? I did. Gleaned yeah. a lot from what he had to say. I did. Um, you know, we don't. You know, we 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 do this so that you guys can get something out of it, and that we can uh, we can survive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to spread the ideas. I mean, I I hope one day that this can grow to a point where maybe we can make some money off of it but if not that's fine you know that's that's not the only reason or the main reason why we do this even so if not i don't mind yeah <laughs> although there there are a couple things that you can do for us that don't cost you a thing if you uh feel so inclined to help us cuz you've you've enjoyed any of the episodes we've done so far uh the first thing i would really love to ask you guys for is uh, why don't you just take a minute of your time and head on over to iTunes or Stitcher if that's your preferred sound. Uh, I was gonna say SoundCloud. <laughs> if that's your preferred uh, podcasting app that you use, and uh, just give us a quick review. You know, um, give us a nice rating of four or five stars, please, <laughs> if you like it. And uh, you know, say something nice. That that would be terrific. It would really go a long way in uh getting us boosted um yeah and then the other thing that i would ask you to do is just hop on uh, your favorite social media platform whether that be facebook or twitter or instagram i don't care and uh if you like one of the episodes if you like the episode with chris then uh share the link with uh with your peeps would definitely very much appreciate that and uh you know i'm gonna make some changes to uh you know, I haven't talked to you about this off air, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna talk to you about it on air right now. Tell me, sure. what, tell me what you think of this, so okay. I can get a very natural, organic reaction. Yeah, I've thought about changing the uh, the Every Last Drop Club to make it just one simple structure, because uh, right now there's there's different uh, levels that you mm. can be at. It like it starts at a dollar and goes up to two dollars, then five dollars, then ten dollars a month. Yeah, and uh, I was thinking about it and I thought, you know what? Like we're a brand new show. Nobody even really knows who we are yet. So pretty much nobody out there is going to be willing to give us 10 bucks a month, no matter what we do. So I was thinking of just changing the every last drop club to one level, which is $1 a month. So Mm -hmm. anybody who wants to join, it's just a buck a month 
for the Every Last Job Club. What do you think? I about like that? that idea. Simplifies things and makes yeah, it more it does. more likely that one of you guys are gonna Yeah, so so we're I I'm gonna make that change. The Every Last Job Club is gonna be one dollar a month. And you might and you might say, Why would I want to give you a dollar a month? Well, first off, um you don't have to give us a dollar a month if you don't want to. Yeah, if you want okay. to save up for three months at a time and buy your pack of gum every three months, you do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All all it takes, folks, is just just skipping out on one pack of gum yeah. a month per per three months. Yeah, yeah, That's a long yeah. But no, but seriously, there is there is no pressure whatsoever to give us any money whatsoever. Okay, this is always going to be free. There's never going to be any pressure on you to to give any money to the show. Uh, we always want to bring you interesting, uh, thought-provoking content, regardless of whether or not you're giving us any money. But if you're one of those people that likes to support independent creators, uh, it's something I've done many, many times over the years. It's different independent bands and artists and podcasters that I really like. I've contributed my own money to them. And sometimes it takes a while, I have to admit. There's one particular podcast uh, that I... I didn't start supporting monetarily until about listening to them for about two years. Okay. So I'm not the shining example of this. Um, so maybe it's hypocritical for me to even be asking you guys for this, but um, I'm not, I'm not even really asking you for this. I'm just going to explain it to you. If you're already like on the fence or it's something that you've thought about, or you're just the type of person that likes to support uh, independent creators and independent artists, if, if that's, if that's you, then I'm talking to you right now. If you're the type of person that doesn't like to support independent creators, like you just like to listen and, you know, just take things for free, that's fine. I'm not talking to you and there's no guilt trip on you whatsoever. But if you're that type of person who's inclined, then here's what I have to say for you. Why join the Every Last Drop Club? Number one, it's only a dollar a month. That's literally, that is cheaper than going to the gas station and buying a pack of gum. A pack of gum is going to cost you like a probably like a dollar nineteen or something, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be a dollar or more. So it's at least as cheap, if not cheaper. It's one dollar a month, okay? Now, what's included in the Every Last Drop Club? Well, first off, we are going to uh, give you a shout out on the show. We're gonna we're gonna read your name and give you credit for your contribution. We are going to give you an opportunity to uh, mention. Uh, one thing of your choice, whatever it is. So if like you're an artistic type person as well and you want a little bit of exposure, granted, like I was saying earlier, there's not a ton of people that listen to the show. So I, I understand that it's not like you're getting your uh, your idea or your work out to thousands of people. I'm not going to lie to you and say that that's the case. It's not, you know, maybe only, generously speaking, you'll you'll get 100 people to hear what you want them to but you'll have an opportunity to plug one thing, anything you want. Um, and let's see what else. It's a symbiosis. If, if it is, if you guys yeah. help us, you know, we can, we can help you. Exactly. Uh, we'll, we're going to set up a, a Facebook group. That's uh, a closed group invitation only. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's only going to be available to club members for them to discuss and kind of create a little online community there. Uh, occasionally me and Nick may hop on to the club there and just, uh, do a little Facebook live stream and maybe interact with you guys, do some Q and a and just talk mm-hmm. to you. Um, none of this exists yet, but it can all happen if you join the club. Uh, and then the last thing, and I, again, 
didn't talk to this with Nick off air. So I'm putting him on the spot when I say this, but there's, 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 there's the possibility that we could send you a Nick Schrader photograph. No, <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'd be glad to give you guys a photograph. Yeah. And you know what? That in and of itself is worth a dollar a month because, uh, buying, purchasing a print of a Nick Schrader photograph is probably going to be more expensive than a dollar. <laughs> I would hope and so. Th- yeah, it will be. And then shipping it to you. So we're actually going to be losing money if you do that. So, okay. So just being honest with you, we're going to lose money for you if you join the club. Um, but please, if you join, stay. That'd be that'd be great. Because then eventually we could pay for that loss. We're going to fill in the hole. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Yeah. That's enough cool of that. I've been soliciting the people long enough. But moral of the story, if you like it, leave a review on iTunes share it on your social media platform. Mm. And then if you're on the fence or you like to support independent artists and creators such as ourselves, do it. Consider joining the every last drop club. That is the details are going to be on every last drop podcast.com. There will be a section on there that says join the club. And there's an option to give just a one-time donation, by the way, mm-hmm. through uh, via PayPal. And, uh, by the time this comes out, I'm also gonna get uh, I'm gonna get a Patreon page started as well. Um, if you prefer to go that route, so yeah, that's that. I've bored you enough. Do you have a question, a quip, a grievance, a greeting, or anything else otherwise you want to share? Do you want a chance to have it featured on our show? Pick up your phone, dial our number, or send us an email. Our phone number is nine one six three eight two two six five four. That's 916-382-2654. And our email is everylastdroppodcast at gmail.com. So, what were we going to talk about? Do you remember, Nick? Or did you forget already? <laughs> well, there were a few things, but what we decided on, I believe, was... Um, I'm on the spot. I always put myself on the spot like this, Danny. We were going to talk about... Um, Okay, I'll remind you. We're going to talk about do do you need to make money at something in order to be considered professional? Yes, yes, that's what it was. So we'll just uh, we'll just run through some ideas on this. What what are your thoughts? Just kind of what comes to mind off the top of your head? Do you think in order to be considered professional at something? That you need to be making money at it. How we, Why don't we just start with sure. this? What's our definition? Yeah, of exactly. We need to yeah. start there. What's your definition of, of a professional? Well, as far back in my life as I can remember, whenever I heard the word professional, I always thought of skill or talent. I always thought of, wow, yeah. he's really good at what he's doing. And money didn't really come into play until- Yeah, when you're a kid, you don't think of money. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's kind of interesting. Like, I mean, up until now, whenever I hear, oh, he's a pro, he's a professional- Look at those pro skills. Like you, you think of when I hear professional, I think of he's really good at what he's doing and kind of the money follows, you know? So, mm. so when I hear professional, I think of, you know, um, you know, somebody who's, who's really talented in this specific thing that they do, like whether it's sports, uh, whether it's, uh, uh, a photographer, um, so I think that, yes, you, you definitely can be a professional. I think it's more so. Uh, the amount of time that you spent doing something that makes you a professional and your ability to do that. And then the money kind of 
follows after that. So I think, yeah, you can. Absolutely. But that's just because you heard of the 10,000 hour rule. Yes, I have. So you think anyone who's hit the 10,000 hour rule in anything, they're at the professional level? No, no. I think that, that it's possible to just, you know, get by after, you know, that, that amount of time and, and not be that great, especially if you don't like what you're doing. But I think that there has to be. So like a janitor who's hit the 10,000 hours <laughs> is a professional, a professional janitor. janitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of hard if it's, if it's something that's difficult to, to measure, you know, it seems like the sports is your biggest thing where you go, oh, he's a professional. But yeah. I guess if you take, yeah, if you take the money away from sports, professional, he's still good. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's still an amazing athlete, the world's best, even if he's not making any money. So the the money is like a byproduct, I think, of of being a professional, and that takes a lot of work, that takes dedication, it takes you know a love for what you're doing. I think to be a prof quote unquote professional, and the money kind of follows. So you think the money is a byproduct of his? I I do. So professional is about the the individual skill level or talent that they have. Yeah. For their particular application. I do. I do. I, I'm not saying that like all professionals are going to be making a whole bunch of money. I wish that were the case. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. Yeah. I think professional is more so uh, talking about the, the ability, the skill, the learned ability uh, to execute whatever you're doing at a fine yeah. top level. So I would, yeah. I would tend to agree with this definition. Um. I when I think of a professional, I think of not just the skill mm -hmm. in something and not just the talent that they have for something, but I also think of it as like an overall mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um because I think being a professional is something that is uh applied to anything. Like it's it's not just so in other words, a a, a professional plumber, for example. Mm -hmm is the idea of being professional, the mentality that goes behind it, the mindset of yeah. professionalism is the same for a professional plumber as it is for a professional audio engineer. Mm. Uh, and that is to say that I believe the professional mindset is someone who uh, is business first. Mm -hmm. And by business, I'm not just talking about business as in making a profit. I mean business as in they treat it very seriously mm -hmm. uh their attitude is to show up to work regardless of how they feel yeah um to work hard regardless of how they feel uh you know to to get their job done and and, and not just get it done but to do it with uh with pride in their work and and, and trying to do their work with excellence mm -hmm. and uh uh doing a good job yeah. like being conscientious enough to care about doing a good job yeah. Yeah. like those are all things that are the the professional mindset so if you're a really good uh, painter, I I just came up with that off the top of my head. Like Vincent Van Gogh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, whatever it is. So if if you're really good at something, but you don't have that mentality of, you know, like tr almost treating it like it's your job, yeah, like showing up every day regardless mm -hmm. of how you feel. Yeah, you have to care. Yeah, yeah, and like putting the work in, working hard at it. And caring about doing it well and doing a good, a good job, mm -hmm. you can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't pair it with that mentality and that attitude, that approach, mm -hmm. then I would say you are not a professional. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's it's the skill and the talent, like you said, paired with the professional mentality. 
And uh, surprise, surprise, you know what book this correlates with? It's only the book that I've mentioned on every other episode. Steal so like an... No, not Steal Like an Artist. Oh. That's a good guess. The other one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you just forgot the name, but I know yeah, you know it. It's The War of Art. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, Pressfield makes the same argument. He says the amateur is the person who... Uh, so we're relating to art. The amateur is the person who's always waiting for inspiration to strike them. Mm. They're uh, not being consistent in showing up mm. every day to do their work, regardless yeah. of how they feel. They they're waiting for something to happen. They're waiting for inspiration to hit them. Mm-hmm. They're uh, you know they they go off, they go off their feelings too much. Uh, they come up with excuses. Yeah. They. Uh, you know, th- there's there's always something that's getting in their way. Uh, they they don't put the time in, mm-hmm. and it takes just a tiny little thing to derail their productivity. Yeah, so yeah. you know, he would say he talks about this. Con- I think I've talked about this before, but if you're new here and this is the first time you ever heard it, uh, he talks about this thing called resistance with a capital R. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pressfield defines resistance as like almost like this supernatural force uh, of. He talks about it as if he's talking about evil, basically in. Uh, resistance is like that force that's always working against you mm. and to basically define it as simply as possible it's just some it's that force that's always working against you and all the good things that you're trying to do in your mm. life so for example like sleeping in every day till one in the afternoon is not a good habit in your life and so resistance is not going to do anything to try to work against that mm-hmm. so things that are already on the floor can't go any lower than the floor kind of. yeah so you know the, the things that like are uh, the, the things that are challenging and like good things that you're pursuing like you're trying to start that business and get it up off the ground yeah or you're trying to uh continue with a charity project or something that you're doing or charity work mm-hmm. or you're trying to finish that book you're trying to write that song or write that album. Like that's where resistance shows up in that stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now if you're if you want to talk about like, you know, it's midnight and you've got the munchies and you just want to go veg out. <laughs> okay, resistance isn't gonna stop you from that. Yeah. So uh the amateur is the person that's always succumbing to resistance. Make sense? Yes. Yeah. Like they don't fight it. Uh they just they just give in easily. Mm-hmm. Now, Pressfield has something that he calls turning pro going pro and uh that's you know to this level that i'm basically describing i'm agreeing with him that like it's it's that change in the mentality and in the mindset approaching every day with whatever it is that you do and saying i'm going to overcome that resistance today Mm -hmm. like like every day is an independent event like just because you you stood up to resistance yesterday and overcame it has no bearing on what's going to happen today. It's like a coin flip. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like just because you had heads on your last coin flip has that has no effect on the next one. The next one could just as easily be tails, mm-hmm. right? So every day is the same way. Like you have to make the decision to fight resistance. And so to me, that's what what being a pro is all about. Mm. That's what prof- professional is. Yeah. So yeah, it makes sense to me. Yeah. So you know, you don't have to make any money. So, well, okay, so who are some examples of some uh, professionals that you really admire in, uh, in, in, in anything, in, and then tell me why? Okay, um, Peter Thorndike. Okay, uh, we mentioned him yeah. on an earlier episode, and he's I one of your up, picks. He's yeah. a witmaker. I look up to him because his craftsmanship is just, it's just surreal that the amount of detail yeah. and, and uh, attention that he puts into his, his work. 
every so you, little. You can tell just by looking at his finished product that you can he's, tell he cares. Yeah, you can tell he really cares about every single product that he makes, and it's just you can you can see kind of his his character uh, and his the way that he uh, you know looks at he takes what he do, what he does seriously, and you yeah. can tell by just looking at one of his his works of art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody else? What about Andy Timmons? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Andy Timmons, an unbelievable musician, guitarist. Uh, yeah, you can just see that. And his is more of like, you really see that you can see the emotion. And once again, you can see that he cares about what he's doing, his passion. Mm-hmm. Um, so, absolutely, Andy Timmons. Yeah. Yeah. So, Peter Thorndike. Andy Timmons. Just writing this down. Warren I mean, folks, Fadley. I said, I said on the last episode that I'm going more analog. I'm actually writing stuff out now. Yeah. Warren Fadley, who is a a well-known storm chaser, he was kind of coined as America's first professional storm chaser, which is kind of ironic, you know. Really? Yeah, he, he made a... Oh, he's probably in his 50s, mid-50s, I would say. Um, yeah, and he, he was the first one to make a full-time job out of storm chasing. Wow. And uh, Talk about, like, an on... Would that be entrepreneurship, you think? I mean, yeah. or just, oh, just yeah. blazing your own path. Talk about blazing yeah. your own trail, man. Yeah, he started off as a journalist, and then he kind of just transitioned from that over to being just kind of this guy who goes out and just covers, you know, different things on his own. He films storms. He, you know, photographs storms. Unbelievable lightning uh, photographer. He's the one that actually got me into shooting lightning. Like, I yeah. saw a documentary. He was in it. I saw it years ago when I was little. And I thought, wow, he was going along the wall, pointing at each one of his pictures. Like this one was in Tucson, this mm-hmm. one was in Phoenix, and he's pointing to these beautiful pictures. And I'm like, I want to do that, you know? Yeah. And he's the one that got me into it, you know? Oh, that's great. We should have him on the show. Let's try to do that. We Maybe. should. I. I bet I he'd don't be see down. Why not? He'd be down for it. Yeah. Yeah. Warren Fadley. If you're Actually, listening, yeah. Check him let, out. Let your people contact my people, which yeah. is me. Yeah. And we'll get you on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, those those are good examples. So, but yeah, yeah, you can see his his work is, um, you know, sure he makes money doing it, but you can just see the the level of skill. And he uses, or I don't know about now, but he of course uh, used film as opposed to digital uh, cameras, which requires a lot more uh, knowledge of the matter. You have to be able to get it right before you take the picture. You have to know. You're talking about like the film that you've got to take into the lab yes. and develop. Uh huh. Yeah, that's what he started with because that's what there only was at that time, you know. Oh. And uh, so you can see he really knows how to get the lighting perfect. So many photographers in today's day and age are were spoiled, including myself. We're spoiled on digital. You know, you just because you can shoot thousands. Yeah, you take the pic. Yeah, and you take the picture and you see what you're getting. So you can take the picture. Oh, my aperture is too low. You can change it right away, but. Back in the day, you know, you got to get it right without even looking through the camera. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, got one you, chance. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, just his his level of expertise, framing the lightning, getting the shot, his knowledge of, of where to go, you know, uh, where to point the camera, where the lightning is going to be in the storm. Just his level of knowledge and, and passion. Yeah. Yeah, so you can... For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say for me, um, you know, the guys in Mute Math, I think... Mm-hmm. Those are example. Those are great examples of pros because they they work so hard mm-hmm. with music. Like I remember uh, the lead singer Paul Meany, who I would love to have on this show. Um, we're lucky to have had Todd um, 
by the way, if you're not, if you didn't know that, we had Todd Gowerman from Mute Math on our yeah. first episode. Yeah. And uh, I remember Paul was saying that for their last album that they just released uh, called Vitals, uh, it's their fourth full length album. Really good album. It might by be the way. my favorite or second yeah, favorite. Yeah. It's really, it's really cool stuff. So many very, memories. Very different from. Uh, you know that that album now. If you listen to it, it automatically will invoke memories of our dude. Road the trip, trip, man. I know, yeah. I know. Of the road trip when I moved out west yeah. to California. That's what we we're Which, listening to. Which, by the to. way, speaking of that road trip to ah, California, it was well kinda, documented. Yeah. On camera, and uh, I have finished the editing on that. Fantastic. And uh, that will be forthcoming uh, later this spring, probably March. I'm mm-hmm. I'm looking at uh, releasing. This documentary of a, of a time in my life out into the wild, you know. <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, Paul was talking about how in the writing process for this album, uh, they weren't really getting anywhere uh, productive, at least. Like, they, they just weren't liking their direction, uh, kind of the different ideas that everyone was coming up with. So basically, they, I believe they had like a group call on Skype or something like that in January of this would be two Januarys ago now, I believe. Um, maybe even three, actually. Uh so and they just decided that during the month of January they were all just gonna yeah. lock themselves in and uh in their in their home studios, you know, and just write and write and write and write a bunch of con uh a bunch of song ideas. And th- many of the ideas that came out of that month are the some of the songs that resulted on the album uh, of course they morphed and they changed and they evolved into uh different sounds and the structures and arrangements kind of changed mm-hmm. but you know th- the idea was that that time was very key in the development of this of this record and i think the reason i want to point out that story is because i think that just shows you what real professionalism is about being being a real pro at whatever you do mm-hmm. is like you could sit there and you could make excuses and say like, oh, this record isn't, I don't, I don't like how it's going so far. Like we're not really getting anywhere. Nothing's, nothing's coming of, of this, uh, you know, like we're just, we're going nowhere right now and you could just keep complaining about it. But the way that you solve that is not by sitting there and waiting for inspiration to hit you with something new. Yeah. The way that you solve that is by just writing and writing and writing and writing tons of stuff. Okay. Now the same is true in like, like in the game of basketball, they say this all the time about shooters, um, people who's, you know, some people play down low in the post, but like people who, who are shooters and they play out in the wing and stuff mm-hmm. when they're struggling shooting the ball, you know what a coach tells them, right? They don't say, you know, you're not shooting well right now. So I want you to just stop shooting Mm-hmm. because you know we need to wait until your sh- your shooting gets better and you start heating up again no the answer the way that you get out of a slump a shooting slump is by shooting more exactly okay so exactly. The, the same is true here the way that you get out of a writing slump is not by writing less and waiting for inspiration to it's hit you it's by writing it. more yeah so that's why i look up to those guys a lot yeah i kind of uh, have like a little thing that i you know been thinking about while we've been talking about this to be honest kind of three key components to being a professional or becoming one if you want yeah. to be one i think the number one is like attention to detail let's take i the photographer for example because i'm a photographer and, and I, I love photography so i love talking about it. 
you know, attention to detail. You know, you can, it's one thing to, to shoot uh, your backyard. You got your neighbor's garbage can in there. Sure, you know, yep. great. Nobody wants to see your neighbor's garbage can. I think, you know, attention to detail, thinking about what do the people want to see? What do the people of your, uh, uh, what needs to be there and yeah, what, and exactly. what doesn't need to be there. Yes. Yes. So attention to detail is one. I think second of all is like religious practicing, just practice it religiously just over and over and over again. Like you were just talking about and yes. a desire to overcome what you can't do. And then, like you said, it's not stopping with shooting. Keep going. Even if it's if it seems like it's even getting worse, that the practice is making you worse, sure, take breaks, but don't stop. And then like three, I think just having active inspirations, you know, having people that you look up to. And not influences. only influences. Yes. Yeah, influences not only to inspire you, but to challenge you. To say, Wow, this guy is at this level. I want to be this good. I want to maybe even be better than him, you know? So it's like I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but when you're playing with somebody that's a lot better than you, it's going to really take your... It raises your game. Yes, it does. To where if you were playing by yourself... Because you want to match what yeah, they're doing. Yeah, and in doing so, you don't, you're not playing as well as they are, but you're taking a huge step up. So that way, when you go back by yourself, you know, you're playing these things that you wouldn't have been able to possibly achieve because of this you know, person who's much better than you at whatever you're trying to do, you know? So I think those, it seems like to me, those are the three, three things, attention to detail, crazy, crazy practice and having inspiration mm -hmm. to push you along. Yeah, no, that's good. I'm, mm. I'm glad you came up with that. Yeah. You know, there, I have, I have a little bit of pushback to all these ideas though. Just maybe what somebody may be thinking, um, how can you, Maybe I'll phrase it differently. Is it possible to get to the level of being a pro if that thing that you're working at isn't making you any money? So in other words, in order in order for anybody to justify being able to spend tons and tons and tons and tons of time on something, there has to be some kind of profit in it financially, right? Yeah. Because if yeah. there isn't, you're, you can't pay your bills yeah. and you won't eat. Yeah. So got to waste time working to survive. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So like, yeah. you know, I want to be a great podcaster someday. Mm -hmm. And we're very early on in this, in this, in this game of podcasting. Yeah. This is only our, our, um, I don't know what episode number this is going to be. Cause we're going to have a, probably a couple that come out before this one or two, but this we're at less than 10. Okay. So by the time this, this comes out, we'll be, this will be either the ninth or 10th episode. Okay. I mean, I imagine by the time we hit like 200, I'll be pretty decent at this, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but there's only so much time that I can devote to this if it doesn't make me any money. Do you understand where I'm, where I'm going with this? I do. So I, in other words, I need to keep a day job so that I can pay my bills and financially stay afloat. Mm -hmm. Even if my day job isn't like my real passion and it isn't like what I love to yeah. do and what I want to do in life even. Yes. Like it's just something that I need to do so I can continue to survive mm -hmm. so how can you get to be a pro with something when it isn't paying you yet mm -hmm. like how can you even get to that ten thousand hour threshold of being of developing the skill at something yes because it costs it costs there's something. trade offs it costs to practice all the time and it's time it does you're paying with time you you're know? paying with time because that's time that could be spent on other things yeah 
making money if it's yeah, your job's namely not that good. making money yeah. spending on your job so while i would love i'd love to just be able to work like 10 hours a day on this podcast only mm-hmm. and you know developing it developing the ideas further recording more episodes uh you know working on the social media more writing more blogs booking more guests I would love to just spend 10 hours a day on that every day, yeah. but I can't, mm-hmm. I can't. So it's going to take me a lot longer to like get to a pro level as a podcaster, for example, mm-hmm. or as a guitar player, or as a songwriter or anything that I do. So, you know, what do you say to somebody that objects and says, well, I, I don't know if I'll, it's going to take me forever to get to that pro level because I have to keep a day job. So yeah. That's, what's the, that's really discouraging. How do you walk me. the tightrope? It's very discouraging. You think about all these talents that, that have so much potential raw talent, but they can't do it because yeah. of, of money. Because of money. Yeah. yeah. So there's so many people that want to become a professional at something, but they just can't afford to. Yeah. You know? Yeah, if only there was like some way to, uh, like, wouldn't it be great if there were like some just really wealthy people who um, wanted to be generous and give back specifically to like artistic people and so like they set up some kind of foundation where they went out and just like they just searched for people who were really artistic and talented and had tons of potential but don't aren't able to like really develop their talent and their skills yeah. and their potential because they have to go be a waiter, you know, for yeah. <laughs> um 70 hours a week to pay their rent yeah. so they don't have enough time to like perfect their stand-up comedy yeah. or perfect their yeah photography skills or perfect their songwriting like they just don't have enough time to really work on it but the the little amounts that they do have are just incredible yeah and there's tons of talent yeah it'd be great if there were like wealthy people out there almost like a a shark tank of of, uh talent you know yeah just for like artistic people just say look i'm gonna give you such and such amount of money so that you don't have to like work so hard and you can just focus on developing yeah and uh yeah, I mean, I guess maybe you could say, well, that not that what a record company is or something like that? Hmm. Where you see, obviously that, you're a band that has talent and has songs, but yeah. you don't have enough money to be able to like make a professional recording yeah. and then go tour and blah, blah, blah. So we'll fund you that. Yeah. So now, now the reason that I feel like being a professional doesn't have really anything to do with, I mean, it does have something to do with money, obviously. But the reason that I don't think money is like, what makes you like, I'm getting paid this, therefore I'm a professional is because like there's people on the streets that are playing unbelievable music. Yes. You go downtown Chicago. There's like, have you heard of the bucket boys? Yeah. yeah. They're, they're outstanding. The routine that they do on those buckets, like the, it's just the showmanship number one. And I, I don't know why I always say number one. And like, <laughs> I don't have the number of this, mm-hmm. but their, uh, their showmanship is outstanding. Yeah. They do in, incredible uh um what's the word i'm looking for not coordinated but syn- uh, synchronized yeah choreographed yeah they they ha- they have like these choreographed routines mm-hmm. that is synchronized between all of them while they're playing these incredible beats and rhythms they were actually a part of the halftime entertainment when i went and saw the chicago bulls play oh wow um or maybe not halftime but they played during one of the timeouts or something and I don't even know. I mean, those guys have kind of gotten famous because they've been out so long in yeah. Chicago. So maybe they make money off this now. Yeah. But, at, you know, when they started, they were just street performers. Yeah. Or like even like uh, you go down to New Orleans, 
New Orleans is famous for being the the city of jazz because that's where you know jazz started, Louis mm-hmm. Armstrong and such. Yeah, there's incredible, incredible musicians that are out on the street busking mm-hmm. um, that play all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's discouraging. You say those guys me. are like pro. Yes, right? I, that's what I'm saying. Like, if somebody is 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 playing something like you know unbelievable stuff and they're on the street, it's like, why are you on the street? You know, you you have unbelievable skill. I consider you a professional. Why are you on the street? And it's discouraging to me because I feel like a lot of the people who are are playing and, you know, they're not making any money are far better than I, I will be in, in years. And yeah. it's like, well, why? And they're better than people that are yeah. less talented than them who are out there making it. Exactly. Well, maybe there's a different issue at play here. Maybe those are people that are, like, really talented at, whatever you know like their music or their painting or something like Mm -hmm. they're really talented at what they do on the street as a performer but they're not very talented at like business skills and promotion yeah like because ultimately what's i can tell you right now the deficiency that's there is they they don't know how to promote themselves yeah a person who's like really really good on the street busking Mm -hmm. and that's all they ever amount to it's because they suck at promoting themselves yeah okay because there's if you're clever enough, you can find a way to get yourself out there in front of people. And eventually, if you're really, really, really good, mm-hmm. uh, I I think there's a decent chance Some that t- you yeah. can make something of yourself artistically. Yeah, like eventually, if you work hard enough, I, I think there's a pretty good chance, at least in America where yeah. we live, that you can make a career out of that. So then I wonder... No some, guarantees, though. Yeah, sometimes then I wonder... What's more important in the long run, your ability to promote yourself or your actual skill that you're trying to promote? You know, you know, because it seems like it's a it's got to be balanced. Yeah. But then when it comes so down to it, now we're getting in in, in a yeah. different kind of territory because now the conversation is shifting into what's the line between art and business and slash marketing slash optics. You know how it looks. Yeah. How it's perceived. And that's where um, pop music comes in, mm. because I believe that the vast majority of what you're getting out of, say, Justin Bieber, is uh, flash yeah. and marketing tactics and uh, a bunch of fluff. You know what I mean? Yes. Like a bunch of kind of foo foo, sugary stuff that is all sweetness, mm-hmm. but not. A lot of like meat and potatoes, right? Substance, yeah. Um, that's not to say Justin Bieber doesn't have any talent. Of course he does. Mm-hmm. And uh, whoever it is that first sought this kid out and 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 thought that they could make something of him, you know, like record company executives or just you know the the big wigs that are behind the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. they find these these types of people, and they and they see something in them. They say. I can make this kid a star. Mm-hmm. And the reason is it's a mixture of things. They say, number one, yeah, there I go again, number one. <laughs> uh, that's just a habit, folks. I'm sorry. But they look at him and they say, okay, so the first things that is important here is that he has to have a certain level of talent in order for him to even be considered. Uh, and you might say, well, I don't, does Nicki Minaj have any talent? No. no. But... Uh, <laughs> 
some, but okay, but most of these pop stars have at least some baseline level of talent. Granted, they vary. Justin Bieber, I believe, has more talent than, say, Britney Spears. Yeah. I believe he does, because Justin Bieber actually has the ability to play instruments. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I think he is a pretty good drummer um, and could probably play some guitar and, and, and whatnot. So, you know, they see that and they say, okay, the kid has some talent. Uh, he's got some kind of singing ability that's, that comes naturally to him. He's got the ability to play some instruments. He's got some, some pretty good looks. Okay, so they're already starting to think about it in terms of the complete package. Like he's got the talent and the looks, and we can turn him into a product and that sharpen we some of his, you know, his right. Like we have, we have, we have all the coaching. We have the people that can coach him how to do dancing and, and dance routines. We have the people that can be his vocal coach to develop his voice and, yeah. and his performance and all this. Like we have all the people that can coach him and sharpen these skills, but it, it you can't. You can't polish a turd, as they say. Mm-hmm. Like, if something begins as a piece of poop, it doesn't matter if you dip it in gold and polish it, it's still a piece of poop. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so you have to start with something that isn't a piece of poop. You've got to start with something that is that has... You want to start with something that's like a, a very raw, unrefined diamond. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? So they take that and then they develop it. And then, you know it becomes a product more so than anything. And what this was in the context of what, what was it that you brought up? You were saying like, yeah, well, I think you were talking about, you know, is it just all about promoting yourself? Oh yeah. Yeah. Your ability to promote yourself versus your actual talent. talent. Yeah. And that, yeah. And so, so I think it's a combination. Okay. Like you can't, I don't think it's really hard, I think, to promote something that doesn't have some talent in it. Mm. Uh, but hey, I think sometimes it works. Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj. <laughs> like they found a way to successfully promote Nicki Minaj, yeah. which is mind boggling. Yeah. So, you know, uh, actually, you know, all credit goes to the people that created her as, yeah. as a product. Nice job. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. To the people that like created her as a, and turned her into a product and pitched that product, they did a really good job. So you can polish. Marketing her. Yes. So I guess sometimes every every now and again, one slips through the cracks, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, someone like Katy Perry, she's got some talent. She's got some magnetism and some presence. So they took what was there in, on an elemental level, and then they found ways to, like, uh, refine it and yeah. bring it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you know, crude oil out of the ground. Like it's the essence of it is what you want, but it it requires refining in order for it to become a usable product. Mm -hmm. The same is true here. I think with uh, artistic talent, I think that a lot of it's luck though. You know, I think that I think what was it? Justin Bieber was discovered on YouTube. Was it? Yeah. Some video of him playing drums or something or another. And I think so. Yeah. It's like, you know, they found that video, but there was a bunch of other young kids doing the same thing he's doing. So what made them pick that video? Was it just luck? Was it one, you know, oh, he just happened to this. Well, was this... there a bunch of others? I would think so. Well, maybe I mean, all, some. The, all the other people in the, in the world on YouTube. Well, I guess that just goes to show you that, you know, you have to put yourself in the right position. Yeah. Like you have to put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So I think you're right. Sometimes it does come down to luck. Yeah. Um, you know, Okay, so let's just say this the show that we do here every last drop. It could be that 
five years from now, we are only getting like 200 listeners a show and it never quite takes off. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one, one thing could turn that all around on the, on the drop of a dime, like one lucky break. Yeah. Like one, like if one person who was really, really popular discovered the show, uh, someone of some kind of celebrity status and they liked it and they shared it with their following mm-hmm. like that, that one action could be enough to be the lucky break to get this thing on the map. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden thousands of people, like thousands of people hear about it. And then we retain 20 to 30% of those. And then boom. Yeah. That's it. We start building our own audience. So having I mean, a shout never... out from one big, uh, one big famous person. Or yes. Group like person. you never know who's listening to you. So yeah. the same is true. Like if Justin Bieber made a video, like if his parents even made a video of him playing drums or singing, like they probably just did it because they thought, oh, this is cute. Our son's really good at this. And mm-hmm. why don't we show the world? Or, you know, why don't we show our other family members or friends and maybe some other people will find it and think it's cool or mm. cute. Um, but, I mean, hey, it, it it put them, it put him in the position that someone could come across it yeah. and discover it. Yeah. So, and in the time since, he has turned himself into a pro. Mm. You know, whether whether we like what he does or not. Yeah, because... Besides the... the yeah, the right, point. right. He made it. Um. I think also when somebody becomes discovered like that, who if somebody who whoever discovered them has a lot of money, they have the resources, they have the finest uh, groups of people to polish the skills that need to be polished. Mm-hmm. So if he can sing, say you know, okay, this guy can sing on in perfect key, but his voice is a little, it's nothing special. You know, he can develop that through. They have the tools, they mm-hmm. have the means of making this guy. Yeah. You know, they have, you know, people to do it, do it all for them. Or not for them, but they have people to, that are been trained to do that. They have all the people there to resources help him, to help him, not to do it for him, but to help him. Yes. Yes. Can those things be accomplished on your own without any of that? Yes, yes. but with much more research and work, I think. Yes, it takes. Of course, it takes a lot more work. To yeah. do it on your own, it probably takes a lot more time because there's going to be that learning curve that you have to get over. Because if you're doing it by yourself, you don't have anyone who's there to tell you that you're doing this the wrong way or this is, you need to scrap this and do it this way instead. It's better. Yeah. I mean, now you sort of do with YouTube. And we talked about this with Joe. Remember, he taught, he said he learned his photography through YouTube. So you're able to. Like, imagine if he went and just tried to learn the photography by himself without watching any tutorials at all. Mm. Then, you know, he'd have to be learned trial by error on everything. Mm-hmm. So it's not, with the internet and YouTube, you don't have to live in the world of trial by error on everything anymore. But it's still not the same as having, like, your own personal coach or personal teacher mm-hmm. on something. Um, and then, of course, the other element here is how can you refine yourself when you're not able to put as much time into it. Yeah. Because, you know, like they take a kid like Justin Bieber. They're paying for everything. Yes. And so he, every day he wakes up, his entire day is focused on getting better at that. Yeah. Whereas most people, they got to go to their job 
or if they run their own business, they got to run their business and make money. And then their leftover time is what they use for uh, for their artistic endeavors. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, you know what? I, I I don't want people to think that there isn't there isn't a way to get there without tons of money and tons of help from other pros and things like that. Like if you want it badly enough, it's there. Yeah. It's there. Like it just, it, t- it takes discipline and it, and it takes hard work. There are no shortcuts. Right. Yeah. Remember Christopher Franzen, he said that he wrote songs for three years before he ever released anything. Just putting in the time, just writing and writing and writing and working and working and working. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't, don't expect this to just happen overnight. Yeah. Like it, it, it can take a while, you know, like just be patient, be patient. And I say, and I say this really to me, just as much as I say it to anybody else is be patient with your artistic work. It takes time. Yeah. It takes time and a little bit of luck, of course, but the best, the best thing you can hope for really is to get so good that people can't help, but yeah. find you and be attracted to what you do. Because I think the more work that you put in, the less luck that you need in the long run, you know? There's always people who are out there who are looking for, for stuff that's great. Yeah. The better you are, obviously, the more likely it is that somebody's going to find you. Yes, of course. So yeah. I, I, I do want to I do want to end it on that note because I think that's a hopeful note is like, if you're good enough, mm-hmm. you will be found. Yeah. I believe that. Do you believe it? I do. And to be fully, to, to play this instrument to sing do whatever to the best of your ability you have to love it though whatever you're doing and you want to be great at if you don't love it yeah then good luck to you really so you got to be passionate Mm -hmm. about what you're doing yeah you'll never i mean you'll never you'll never hit that ten thousand hour threshold that's something that you just don't love because eventually you're going to give up like you can't just decide on a whim Mm -hmm. to to be something that isn't in your heart to be right yeah so, yeah, I think that's 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 a good uh And I think just about I think point. just about every professional that's out there today when you ask them, you know, like what did you want to do when you were little? Was this a dream you always had? I think I'm thinking most of them would say, yeah, yeah, I always wanted to do this. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I'll give you uh, I'll, I'll I'll leave you guys with this one example that I think is is a hopeful example of what I'm talking about when I say that if you're good enough, they will find you. Mhm. Uh, we live in Valparaiso, Indiana, and we are a relatively s- small town, depending on your standards. Uh, our population is a little over 30,000, okay? We are in uh, northern Indiana, near uh, not too far off the coast of Lake Michigan. So uh, if you're from a big city, then a small town, uh, you know, 30,000 is a small town. Mm-hmm. But if you're in some rural area, then 30,000 is maybe a big town. But Okay, so but we're not a huge town by any means, but we are a college town. And the college here is a Division 1 school that is known for having a good basketball team. And right now, there's a player on that team. His name is Alec Peters. And he is really really good. Like he's going to the NBA next year. Like he's that good. Oh yeah. And it's it's been a, yeah, it. it's been a long time since this school has had a player go to the NBA. Um 
when he was in high school, he was being recruited by different schools, some of them being uh, the what are called like the high major schools, you know, the big schools, like the state schools, like um, mm. I don't remember all, like maybe like the University of Tennessee and maybe Syracuse and New York, like schools that are that size, that are just huge schools. Uh, some of them were recruiting him mm. and he was also being recruited by smaller schools, schools like Valpo. And eventually he chose to go to Valpo and he uh, had his first three years were just phenomenal. Like he was getting better every year. And in his junior season, season, (laughs) uh, in his junior season, uh, he just, he became, I mean, he played so well that he was like, yeah, uh, like an honorable mention, all American, which is really good. And, uh, the NCAA had changed the rules for the players uh, for the benefit of the players that would allow them to declare for the NBA draft. And if they didn't hire an agent, they had up until 10 days after the NBA, what's the NBA draft combine Mm -hmm. um, to withdraw their name for the draft. And they could return to school to play for the next year. Because in the past, the rule was if you declare for the draft, Mm -hmm. you can't come back to school. So that means if you declare for the draft and you don't get drafted, you're out of luck. You can't come back to school to play and you're not in the NBA. Hmm. Uh, So you're going to probably have to go play overseas or something. Quite a gamble. Yes, it is. And so they made this rule so that it it was less risky and it was to the benefit of the player. So Alec declared for the draft. He went and did some workouts with five different NBA teams. He was able to get some feedback from, uh, you know, coaches and such uh at the nba level and they gave him advice they said you know what you're good but here are some things that i that we recommend that you work on in order to be ready for this next level and so he decided to come back to school and uh because there's another rule in the ncaa where if you uh academically if you graduate from a school you are if you like graduate ahead of time like you know you you've graduated school but uh, in terms of athletics, you're only a junior because you're allowed four years to play. Um, you are allowed to transfer to a different school um, if they have a master's to, uh, program that your school doesn't offer and you can play right away instead of having to be penalized. Because normally a transfer, if they're transferring from, from one division one school to another, they have to pay a penalty, which is they have to forfeit an entire season of their eligibility. So this rule states, if you graduate on time, the in order for you to keep playing, you have to be a student, right? You mm-hmm. can't just play without going to school. So the only option left is for you to pursue a master's degree. So you can pursue your master's degree at a different school, provided that the other school that you're going to has a program that the school you were at before doesn't, mm-hmm. and you can play right away with no penalty. So Alec was in this position. He could have transferred to a big school like Kansas or Duke or Michigan State or something like that um, for the sake of playing in a big arena with a huge fan base and lots of cameras following him all the time and lots of exposure, national TV exposure like all the time. And you know what? You know what he decided? He decided to come back to Valpo. And And the reason was because sticking with the arc right yeah exactly like he is a loyal guy first off so you know he didn't want to disappoint his teammates like he wanted to stay with them and play but the thing is 
Another thing that the NBA guys told him is they said, oh, no, no, you don't have to go to a big school. If you're good enough, our scouts will find you. Hmm. Doesn't matter where you are. If you're good, we'll find you. And they and they knew who he was. They knew who he was, and they found him. And to this day, here in Valparaiso, Indiana, every time Alec Peters takes the court, there's an M- there are NBA scouts that are watching him hmm. here in Valpo. So the idea here is, if you're good, they will find you. I like this that. kid. It's a good. good he plays at a small school in a small town, and he's got NBA scouts that are watching him in person in a small hmm. town at a small school. So it can happen, folks. It can happen. If you're good enough, you'll get you'll get found eventually. Mm. But you just you have to keep your nose to the grindstone and not give up. And put yourself out there. Use these tools yes. that we have today, like YouTube. Yes. Sure, there's hundreds of millions of videos. That's what you did. Billions, but just do it though. That's what you did. And look and look what you've got now. You've got a, a video with over a million views. I do. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, when, I'm sure when you made it, you would have never thought beyond your wildest dreams no, it was going to get to that I level. I thought maybe, oh, 10,000. Yeah. You know? But hey, it got found and it blew up. It did. So, you know, sure did. that's the moral of the story. We've got a Nick Schrader and we've got an Alec Peters. If you're good, they'll find <laughs> you. <laughs> okay. That's going to do it for tonight. Why don't we get out of here? And uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Everylastdroppodcast.com for everything you need to know from uh, the list of our episodes there's a feed there to the every last drop club to contact info everything is there okay yeah. every last drop podcast.com thanks a lot guys we'll talk to you next time see you guys next time next time